Well, you know, I'm really excited to have you on the podcast, even though I haven't met you and I know next to nothing about you. But just <laughs> but like you're excited Blanche, regardless. Well, exactly. <laughs> and, and just like Blanche Dubois, I've depended all my life on the kindness of strangers. And in this case, a mutual acquaintance of ours, Brooke Sellis, when I mm. asked her after interviewing her for the podcast, hey, I love talking to smart people who have opinions and are not afraid to share them. Do you know of anybody? She said, <laughs> oh, do you know Katie Robert? And I went, no, tell me more. She said, well, let me connect you two. And so we got connected and I asked you on the podcast and I would just like to say, welcome to the nonfiction brand podcast, Katie Robert. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to share my opinions, I guess, without abandon well, or I'm with abandon. I'm not sure. Please do, because what I find is, well, I, I guess I should say informed opinions, not just opinions, uh, yes. because we live in a time where people say, well, that's just my opinion. And it's like, yeah, well, mm -hmm. flat earth, that can be your opinion, but let's not talk about <laughs> it. We don't need to. Let's let's talk about informed opinions. And let me start with a big one, because in doing a little bit of my half butt research before I started this podcast, I went in and did the usual stalking on Katie Robert on LinkedIn and, you know, stuff like that. Trust Insights, your leadership team bio and things. And I saw that you have a two-letter acronym that has been both incredibly interesting to me and also terrifying to me, or an interest in that acronym. And that acronym is AI for Artificial Intelligence. Now, anyone who's been following the Nonfiction Brand Podcast has heard me say numerous times that you got to lean into your humanity and your talents because AI is coming to take over the drudgery jobs that you currently do on a daily basis. And I, I would love to get your opinion about that because, again, well, before we do that, sorry, let me back up and say, Katie, can you give <laughs> us 30 seconds on who you are, what you do and how you do it? Yeah, absolutely. So as you mentioned, I'm Katie Robert, co-founder and CEO of Trust Insights. I, for the most part, if you want to sort of break it down, I keep the trains running. I wrangle the cats and I make sure things are getting done without spending too much money. So that's sort of like the gist of what it is that I do. I call the shots and I boss people around. I'm a professional bossy pants. How I do it? Well, I do it from my home. I do it with my two very loud dogs. They will not be making an appearance tonight. My husband is home, so he's wrangling them. But for the most part, any recording meeting, someone has gotten to know one or both of my dogs, either on camera or very loudly in the background. So I do it with lots of patience and the mute button. Yeah. Well, I have to ask you a very, very important question because, again, if you listen to the Nonfiction Brand podcast, you know I'm a huge dog lover. What kind of dogs do you have and what are their names? I have two Newfoundlands. Oh my um, God, those are massive beasts. Yes. So my 12-year-old distinguished gentleman is Cornelius. He's 200 pounds. And <laughs> so, you know, just a tiny little baby. And then Mocha is the eight-year-old, about 100 pounds, just spitfire, loud, cuckoo banana pants. Yeah. Wonderful dogs. And well, any dog is a wonderful dog, but I know Newfies a little bit and they are just, they're huge, but yes. they are, they're like the biggest goofballs around. I call Cornelius my office manager because he's always, he's usually, there's a rug behind me where I'm sitting in my office and he's usually laying right behind me. So I can't move my chair. And first thing in the morning, if I'm not immediately in the office, he starts yelling at me to go in the office because that's where he wants to be. So I have an office manager and a micromanager. 
Oh, that's wonderful. That's interesting because, again, we're going to get into this about the whole AI thing and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. You are, do I want to say data science adjacent or are, are you fully, like, I'm trying to understand, you You kind mm -hmm. of indicated that you're on the operational side of what Trust Insights is about. Mm -hmm. And from what I understand about Christopher Penn, your co-founder, he is a true data scientist. Are you a STEM adjacent operations engineer type? I think that that's definitely a more accurate description. I am the first one to admit that I'm not a data scientist. I'm not the person who is getting into writing code, but I've managed engineering teams long enough to know how to read and interpret code. I just don't have an interest in writing it. I can do some of what Chris can do, but not all of what Chris can do. I am more on the, okay, so you built this thing, so what? How do we sell it? What's the use case? How do we productize it? So I'm more on that side of the equation where he's more of the inventor, the innovator. So it's it's a good compliment. But so I think data science adjacent, more on the operational and engineering side of things does definitely make sense. Yeah. So, and I'm going to use another a favorite term of mine. You are the human interface between yes. people who are a little <laughs> less human, a little, little bit more <laughs> binary in the way they view life, the world, and certainly humanity in general. Yes, I think that that's definitely accurate. It's, it's funny, every job I've ever been in, for some reason, I always find myself either gravitating toward or being assigned one of the more reputationally difficult people in the organization. And then I'm the person who becomes like that wrangler or whisperer, because it's not that the person's difficult. It's just like you have to learn to speak their language and pick up on those nonverbal cues. And really, at the end of the day, they just want to be heard and they tend to be too smart for their own good. And so that's really where I fit in as I can help interpret and explain what the heck is going on in a way that people don't feel intimidated and we can make artificial intelligence very approachable. And that's one of my goals is to make artificial intelligence approachable for not just marketers, but for anyone who's interested in learning about it. A lot of people should be interested in learning about it because it's going to become a bigger and bigger and a bigger and bigger, 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 bigger part of everything moving forward. Mm -hmm. So much so that if you put your doom and gloom hat on, you could say there are millions of jobs that are going to be lost to AI. And that's unquestionably true. If you look at over-the-road truckers, 2.7 million Americans are over-the-road truckers. Those jobs are going away as soon as AI can competently get a load from Chicago to Los Angeles, especially when it comes to self-driving trucks and, and all that stuff. The same thing, cashiers, you know, it's the, the Google stores where you walk in, you grab something, you walk out, they do the automatic reading, all that AI, blah, blah, blah. If you're a cashier, mm -hmm. by the way, 2.5 million Americans are cashiers. You might want to lean into another skill set. And I want to kind of round this about to point at you and say, you're doing a job or fulfilling a role that I think is absolutely right for a ton of different people. And that is being the human between mm -hmm. the things that need to have an interface. Like a data scientist, I, I, I'm not going to, I don't know Christopher, I'm not going to throw the word genius at him, but let's say you've got that kind of genius <laughs> mentality that is, I, I can't talk to people because they just cannot keep up with me. Well, if you're a person who can keep up with them sufficiently that they go, okay, of all the human beings that walk the face of the earth, you're one of the ones that don't annoy me as much. Okay, I can talk to you. 
And then you've got <laughs> other people that are like developers and coders who might be needing to flesh out the genius idea so that it becomes a marketable product. So you're squarely in, you're the hub. You're the human hub in what could be mistaken to be this technological hive mind. The fact mm -hmm. is, there is no hive mind. There are individual minds that can form a hive mind if there's understanding and communication. And guess what that requires? It requires someone like Katie Robert, right? It does. And I think you just accurately described my relationship with Chris. I am one of the humans that annoys him lesser than most, which is why he let me stick around. No, but in all seriousness, I've always had an aptitude toward technology and engineering. But again, as I mentioned, I'm just not interested in actually sitting down and writing code. I do understand enough of it. And so one of the things that I found most interesting and challenging in one of my earlier roles was I managed a team of about 20 software engineers. And so principal architects all the way down to junior engineers, database architects, QA, and doing that really helped me understand how to communicate with them in a way that was useful and productive. Because if I just said, I need the thing to be green, they'd be like, well, what thing? What thing do you need to be green? What shade of green? And so really spending a good decade of my career learning how that communication works from both sides. Because the other side of the coin was that I was responsible to communicating up to my stakeholders who were on the academic side and really didn't understand anything that was going. It was a black box. And so I really do find myself usually sitting squarely in the middle of that engineering side and that person who's trying to understand what's going on in the engineering side. So I, you could call me a professional AI interpreter. Yeah, well, I am going to. That's a <laughs> brand new role that I think is going to be highly lucrative and highly necessary for a long, long time. Because, again, I, the state of AI and its development, can it pass the Turing test, all that stuff, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. That's to be determined. But the fact is that even AI will always need to interface with human beings. Consequently, that level of interpretation is necessary. And mm -hmm. I think you've created a role for yourself that kind of is future proof and could be incredibly valuable. This episode of the Nonfiction Brand Podcast is brought to you by my new book, Nonfiction Brand. Discover, craft, and communicate the completely true, completely you brand you already are, now available on Amazon.com. Jay Baer, best-selling author of Talk Triggers, said, The book is outstanding. Highly recommended. A spectacularly useful guide to personal branding that pulls off the difficult trick of being both realistic and inspirational. A must-read, regardless of where you are in your own brand-building journey. To get your copy, head on over to Amazon.com and search Nonfiction Brand. And let's get you all the credit you deserve for the completely true, completely you brand you already are. Let me ask you this question. In doing my little half-ass research on Katie Robert, I stumbled across katierobert.com. Now, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I did not expect to find a katierobert.com. Why do you have your own website? Great question. If anyone does go to katierobert.com, they will be highly disappointed in what they find on the website. So it's very basic. We stood it up as part of one of our live streams. So Trust Insights every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern, we live stream a lot of, we call the show So What? 
And so that's one of my favorite phrases to say to the team is you've given me this thing. So what, what do I do with it? How do I use it? And so we stood up a, a website for me to show people the basics of setting up a website for your personal brand. And so, you know, the idea was, okay, let's say I'm brand new and I want to develop my personal brand and I want to build a network. And so we did, I think about four shows where we started with, here's the basics of standing up a website. That's basically, you know, you could put a blog on it. Here's how to, you know, start a newsletter and build a newsletter following. Here's how to start on social media. So we started those basics. At the end of the day, sort of to tie it back to artificial intelligence, it's humans who are running and programming and changing and QAing and deploying artificial intelligence. And so if you're someone who's trying to break into that market or you just want to know some of the basics of digital marketing and AI, because the two very much go hand in hand, you need to be able to get yourself out there. And just having a paper resume isn't good enough anymore, at least in my experience. And so that that's why I have a personal website. I do not plan on doing a whole lot with it. At least that's how I feel about it today. I might at some point, but you know, I've got my hands full with Chris and Trust Insights. I, I get that, <laughs> but I have to applaud you for having that, the insight that having your own .com website is valuable because you hit the two words there, personal brand. You know, I don't mm -hmm. see you going out there and branding yourself by wearing suspenders all the time. Like suspenders are part of my brand or <laughs> look at this odd hair color. That's part of my brand. You're not one of those personal branders. And yet within your realm of influence and your realm of, let's say, excellence, you're becoming known to the point where you are on podcasts where you are invited to be written about in interviews on blog posts by all sorts of different organizations. And I want to encourage listeners to go to katierobert.com. That's K-A-T-I-E-R-O-B-B-E-R-T.com. And you'll see it's a very simple website and there's nothing wrong with that. The most important thing that I want to point to is right below her name, Katie Robert, it says, co-founder and CEO of Trust Insights at Trust Insights, dog lover, hashtag mm -hmm. women in tech, hashtag STEM, hashtag data science, hashtag female founder. You've got four hashtags there. Why did you pick those four to represent the totality of you? Because I feel like my persona on the internet should be representative of what I'm doing when I'm spending my time online. So I in my non-professional life, I don't spend a lot of time on social media or the internet. So I sort of have those two sides of my personality. In my real life, I'm very much, I'm outdoors. I'm, you know, anything away from tech, but in my professional life, I double down on it. And so if people want to find out more about me, I want them to be able to understand almost immediately what my skill set is, I guess, in 140 characters or less. So I'm a female founder, I'm in STEM, I'm in data science. And so if those are things that you're looking for, here I am. I wanted to make it very easy for people to understand me quickly. And that's what you did. And I'll be honest, because again, going right back to what I said at the beginning, I don't know you. And yet I went to your website <laughs> and went, oh, I certainly have an impression. Let's find out if she lives up to it. And then everything we've just talked about is shown, is demonstrated. And again, Nonfiction brand podcast listeners will know the word I overuse to death is demonstration. You mm -hmm. need to demonstrate, not just say, 
you need to show who you are in a meaningful way. So you said you love the outdoors. Guess what the dominant photo on her website is? It's this kind of misty mountains pathway scene. It looks like you could see Frodo and Gollum and Sam Gamgee on their way to Mordor practically. But it looks beautiful and it looks like a, a probably a hiking path that you'd take your newfies on as you enjoy being outdoors. Mm-hmm. But then also there's enough meat on the bones, too, with those hashtags that you've given me handles, mm-hmm. what I like to call brandles. You've given me a number of brandles for Katie Robert that makes it clear that, oh, I want to talk to someone who's a female in tech. Oh, hashtag women in tech. That's obviously something you're interested in, passionate about, and probably very interested in talking more about. You're interested Mm -hmm. in STEM, data science, and also the female founder angle, which, Mm -hmm. again, if I'm um, doing a conference and I want to have a panel and I want to have a panel of founders... And I definitely need a female founder, not just another 20 something year old white male. (laughs) You know, you're you're giving me everything I need to know about you. Not necessarily everything you are. Right. But everything I need to know to begin an engagement with you, a conversation. And when I saw this site, I'm like, I got to ask her about that because I don't see a lot of people like you in your neck of the woods doing this. The idea that you would have katierobert.com and it's not just a bunch of bad poetry you wrote when you were an undergrad. (laughs) That's pretty impressive to me. But it's it's something that literally anyone listening to this podcast could do today Mm -hmm. to start building their personal brand. You know, I've had dpknewton.com since the dot com rush of. 1990s something like that or you know back when mcdonald's didn't own their url their their Mm -hmm. com url why because i was in marketing and people were saying boy did you do you know that mcdonald's doesn't own their own url on on the dot com domain space and that's the day that i went out and i I've, i've i've had mine it's not because I'm a massive narcissist, although that might have something to do with it. <laughs> but it's it's really about being able to own who I am, what I do, and how I do it, and project it to the world at large. And again, it, it serves as a great aggregator for all the stuff. Like you've got a podcast tab or button there where you can go and you can see some of the podcasts you've been on. There's a blog set up, but not used. Yes. <laughs> we set that up as a demo yeah. because my other two partners, Chris and John, both already have websites and their personal brands are well built. And so it was just an opportunity since I was such a clean slate. And so I actually owned my URL for a couple of years before I did anything with it. I'm actually a little bit late to the marketing game. I spent so many years in academia that I've only really been in like true marketing. I did product marketing in clinical trials very different from digital marketing. And so I've really only been in this world for about five or six years, which as you know, as a marketer, that's still considered a newbie in some respects. And so I I haven't had my domain all that long, but I did have the foresight to register both my maiden and married names as domains. That's so important because I always operate on the kind of premise that if it can happen, it eventually will happen. Meaning Mm -hmm. that if I don't own my URLs and just about any common misspelling of it, my worst enemy on their worst day is going to go to Squarespace and put up something that is terrible and 
if it can happen, it will happen. I, I prefer mm-hmm. them not to be able to make it happen. So it's not only the smart thing to do, it's the safe thing to do. But especially now that we're kind of coming into a new phase of humanity where you better become more human and let people mm-hmm. know what you are in terms of a human, what you care about, what you do, how you do it, all those personal branding things. It's more important now than ever. So kudos to you for doing that. I want to talk to you a little bit about the whole women in STEM thing or STEM, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Obviously, Mm -hmm. that's huge. If you've got kids, you want to make sure they go to a school that has good STEM programs. You know, same thing with colleges. If you've got college age kids and stuff like that. And how many articles have been written and read about the shortage of women in STEM fields? By you taking that on as kind of a a tentpole thing that you stand for, can you tell me why you did? Why did you select STEM, specifically hashtag STEM? What does that mean to you? What do you hope that uh, you get out of that or how you can support that? Well, so what it means to me is, you know, it's my area of focus in my professional career. So I focus on science and technology and engineering and math. And those are things that all go into creating artificial intelligence. But they're also things that go into creating good digital marketing as well, if you really break it down. And so I felt it was important to represent that in my quick profile and bio, because it's just, I think... In my experience, it's something that's just like if you are a male data science or if you're a male and marketer, it might be sort of a given. Whereas, again, my own personal experience, I've seen less women in those more engineering and scientific roles. And so I just wanted to say, hey, I'm here. If you also want to talk about that with me, if you want to connect, if you want some advice, sometimes I might need advice. And so by having that hashtag in my profile, which is that's the same profile that I have on my Twitter account, it's something that's searchable. And it's actually been able to connect me to women in analytics, women in data science. And so really help me find those networks of other women doing similar things that I'm trying to do. Yeah, well, hashtags were originally created to aggregate tweets that were related to the same topic in one easy to find fashion. Mm -hmm. And it's not just about tweets anymore. It's about finding the people who care about what you care about so that like over time you get to know people via your Twitter feed. And then all of a sudden you see that they're going to be at a conference that you're attending. Are you not going to seek them out? Are they not going to seek you out? Of course they are. Or are you even better going to be able to say, hey, everyone who's going to this conference, hashtag STEM, hashtag women in tech or whatever. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's do a meet and greet the first night at XYZ. And what a great way to not only empower the general category of women in tech, but also, dare I say, mercenarily, your personal brand within that group. If you are the mm-hmm. curator of valuable experiences, you are now more valuable. I think that that's a really good way to frame it. I, it's it's a very easy way to start a conversation with someone. And so, you know, again, as you're pointing out with like personal brands, if you can figure out those couple of things that represent you accurately, then people can figure out, I want to talk to this person or I'm looking for, insert the following thing, like a B2B marketer or a B2C marketer or fashion consultant, whatever the thing is. 
And so you can be that person who's found because people still really do search hashtags. We actually just did a study on hashtags on Instagram, for example. And so, you know, I don't put a lot of my business stuff on Instagram. I keep that separate. But if I were to do that, then I would be using more of those women in analytics, women in marketing, STEM, those things, hashtags on Instagram, as well as Twitter. So that if someone's looking for those things, then I'm the person that they're finding. Well, that's interesting. So actually, we're coming to the end of this episode for this week. But don't worry, Katie will be back next week as we talk more about this stuff. But before we end this episode, I just want to let people know how Katie can be contacted. If there was someone out there who wanted to make contact with you, is there a social media channel or a website that is like your number one place to seek out that contact? Yeah, absolutely. Probably easiest to use my business website. So it's trustinsights.ai and at trustinsights on most social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. Well, there you go. And once again, I'm talking with Katie Robert and she is a data science adjacent (laughs) human who is able to talk to really, really smart people and communicate really, really smart ideas to the people who actually have to get the stuff done. And if that sounds like you, you need to contact Katie Robert and get in her orbit or bring her into yours, because I think you probably have a lot to talk about, as do I. And we'll be talking about it next week, especially the AI part, because I'm I'm really I'm one of those people who's not quite uh, 100 percent doom and gloom about it. But I do have some concerns, especially when it comes to people maintaining their humanity and communicating their humanity in the most valuable ways possible. That's it for this week's episode of the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. I am DP Knuton, and I would like to remind you to like, subscribe, refer, and review this podcast wherever you can, because that helps other people find it. And she is Katie Robert. And we'll be talking at you again next week. Bye-bye.